0: Hello, Steve, this is Ernie Tabaker.
1: Hi, Ernie, how are you today?
0: Doing great, how are you doing?
1: Doing well.
0: Good, so as you know, this is being recorded. Uh, I wanted to do like a public interview with you uh, just to get a sense for what you're doing and what you're up to with HeartSync and uh, your business. Are you still comfortable with that? Sure, yep. All right. So, the way I like to start interviews is I have three questions. Um, Where were you born? What did you study? And how did you end up here? So, to start on my end, I was born in Chicago uh, three months after my parents arrived from India. And then, because of that, I grew up bicultural and fairly confused about my identity. And the way I reconciled that was uh, studying absolutes, such as theology and physics so i got my degree wow. in physics and actually got a phd in it finally and then ended up going into manager's consulting as many physicists in my generation did and in 1997 I ended up with this struggling computer company called apple uh kind of on a lark didn't think it was gonna last for more than a couple of years turns out it did and <laughs> i spent a lot of time uh studying uh from the inside uh, how Steve Jobs transformed both the company and the industry and the world. Um, and then left a few years later to go do entrepreneurship. In parallel, um, I grew up in a fairly traditional Christian church, uh, evangelical, fundamentalist uh, leaning, and kind of hit a crisis in my 20s and ended up doing, uh, 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 getting into some unhealthy behaviors. And then in my 30s, kind of confronted that and had to work through it and ended up uh, kind of uh, reconciling with my inner parts. Uh, mm. A series of journaling exercises over a couple of years, and so when I heard about HeartSync, that uh, pricked my attention. And then, uh, yeah. as you, we met at the HeartSync conference a couple of weeks ago online. Yes. Yeah. And really enjoyed interacting with you. Appreciate you taking all my off-the-wall questions. And in particular, <laughs> the, the way the threads, the, the way the threads uh, converged here is that I've been spending a lot of time focusing on. Uh, what I call human systems design, how organizations function, especially given my experience at Apple and even as a physicist studying systems. And a lot of the dynamics that they talk about in HeartSync, which is about, to really give a short version of it, reconciling your inner parts and reconciling to Jesus, is uh, very similar to some of the same social communal challenges that our country and many organizations uh, are facing in quite painful ways. And it occurs to me that it might be a there there. Uh, To close the loop, uh, the reason we're on this podcast is that uh, there was a series of discussions I was having with some friends in Silicon Valley prior to COVID-19. And when this hit, we said, you know, um, a lot of the things that we see wrong in the world, a lot of the systems that we feel like have kept us from solving these problems are under great stress. And this is a chance. it's almost like God is pushing a giant reset button and say, okay, everything's up for grabs now. No one's doing, especially in March and April, no one's doing anything they normally do. Uh, There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of fear. uh, There's a lot of uncertainty. And this is a chance to uh, create newer, better, healthier habits and institutions. And so my friends and I started this podcast and a YouTube channel to have these discussions. And I just really feel like you have something really interesting that you are doing, both with HeartSync and with your career, and I'd love to just learn more about it.
1: Well, thanks for inviting me. It's an honor to be with you.
0: All right. So the first question was, where were you born?
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, Yeah, I was born. I live here in Port Huron, Michigan, and was born in Michigan, a smaller city called Ascoda. My dad was in the Air Force at the time, so I was born on an Air Force base, and I go to Michigan, and just have always lived here, went away to school at, uh, I think, one of the better universities, Go Blue, it's uh, Michigan, uh, University of Michigan, and uh, studied social work there, I got my master's there, and... Um, have just uh started to uh since then worked at some different churches and agencies but really just had a, a just a hunger inside for more that i i saw the clinical world i saw the the religious world I, um operated in the medical field and wanted to really see a holistic approach to people healing on a heart level and so Oh, so you're jumping ahead practice. a little
0: bit. Sorry, you're jumping ahead. Me. What exactly did you study? What is your uh kind of educational background?
1: Yeah, I studied social work then as uh undergrad and uh went to grad school and got my master's in social work. Ah.
0: Okay, so you've really been about trying to find ways to help people sort of at scale, not just individuals to trying to help like large social problems or pe- people who are suffering from structural problems not just individual problems and so uh,
1: correct a lot of social it's interesting. schools call that macro or micro practice so i took hmm. which we operate with and social being part of sociology macro or a systems level at the same time
0: nothing but then uh, the business you started um, is actually like a psychiatric counseling service right or how would you describe it nope did we lose the phone
1: it's not It, does. it, my it feels code? like we're cutting we're cutting in and out here I'm so sorry can you uh, hear me okay
0: I can hear you now just fine. Yeah, I lost you for a few seconds. Not sure why.
1: Okay. Sorry about that.
0: Let's let's keep going. Yeah,
1: yeah, so the practice um, that I run, that I'm I'm the founder, it's called Renewal Christian Counseling Center. And Mm -hmm. you can find us online at renewalcenter.org. We are just fully clinical, uh, fully medical, but also fully – Mental Health and Substance Abuse Clinic. We have five clinics now, and we're growing every day.
0: Now, wow. So there's a story in there, right? Because I I have several friends who are in social work, and most of those tend to be very much what I would call people people. They're really focused on the hands-on relationships. And I've studied enough entrepreneurship to know that building a business, building one that can grow to multi-sites, is a vastly different skill set than most people pick up in college. So how did you end up doing that?
1: (laughs) That's a great question. I believe God put this on my heart. I never uh, was one to think business or owning my own practice. But to be quite honest, I got out there, and really a lot of psychology is just such fluff, I call it. A lot of uh, what the church is doing was, shallow at best, um, judgmental at worst, and just wasn't really equipped to handle the real intensity of what we see in um human psychology out there. So I think by necessity God um just and, and I answered the call, but by necessity he he just kinda put this vision on my heart and from day one I knew this wouldn't be a clinic. His word to me was to go take the mental health uh, field for the kingdom of god and i believe that's what we're doing we're not just running a clinic we're setting the bar higher for the whole mental health field i believe that it's a evangelism field it's a ministry field it's a, a place where god has very much has his attention and his focus and he wants it centered around him again and that's our goal
0: Wow, yeah, you know that's that's fascinating. That's one of the themes that keeps coming up um uh, in some of the conversations I've been having is that a lot of our systems, they started out with very noble intentions, but they end up becoming very human-centric and often very centered on the existing power structure, the existing ideologies, what's comfortable for people. Uh, yeah. and so I think that there is this sense of renewal and um trying to refocus uh sort of almost a new wave of institutions where we really try to keep Christ at the center and try to find that's ways right. to avoid, uh, oh, sorry, I should say learning from the mistakes of our predecessors and, and the failure that's modes right. of where good intentions have gone awry. Not that we're necessarily any more virtuous than them, but we have the advantage of their example.
1: Yeah, that's a great way to put it. You might be interested if you haven't read Dr. Lance uh, Walno's um Similar, but he, the seven pillars of our society. Uh, one of them is the medical field, which I believe God wants to take back that mountain for him. But nonetheless, all the others, the arts, the sciences, the social sciences, the seven mountains. Uh, yeah, every one of these mountains, I believe God is, uh, he's designating people as his warriors, sending them out, anointing them, gracing them to go take back what was already his but you're right it's lost focus and in some cases been given over to parts of our culture that aren't based on Christ yeah or worse they get uh,
0: the the church takes it over in a way that mimics the forms of the culture rather than of Christ that's right yeah you know and that was and one, interesting. one of go ahead
1: yeah, you know, you know, the Word of God says that the traditions of men nullify His power, and the, I, I believe that. The church is just as guilty of that as the world, that we've created some structures that um, they're really turning into kind of more the traditions, the de- denominationalism of the body of Christ, and there just isn't a power there, but... Um, My field, I think as much if not more than any others, you can't help but notice when there's either a power there that people really do get set free and when there's not a power there and they're treading water and they're not getting set free. And the sad thing is so many in the mental health field, they, they don't know there's anything more to this than just learning some coping skills.
0: Yeah, and and what's worse, you know, my entrepreneurship journey began a couple years before I left Apple. But one thing you uh, well, there was a great line someone said, it's impossible to get someone to understand something, uh, Upton Sinclair, I think, was said to have quoted this, uh, if their salary depends upon them not understanding it. Mm -hmm. And there is a sort of perverse incentive in a lot of uh, helping professions where if people go in every week and are showing up, that's a success. And if they if everyone gets, gets delivered in as well in a week or two, it's a much harder business model. <laughs> and so it's not that they necessarily want people sure. to not get healthy, but they don't feel the pain of people not getting better. And in fact, there isn't a huge um, external forcing function to say, how do we actually cure people, you know, fundamentally, yeah. not just coping. So this is a good segue, uh, I want to make sure we cover this, is how you got into, connected to HeartSync.
1: Yeah, so I wrote a book called Journey into the Divided Heart, and it's become Mm -hmm. a manual for a lot of mental health practitioners, a lot of um, pastoral care churches. We do seminars, and it's doing what I said. We're combining fully clinical, but um, building on the foundation of Christ, the counselor, Christ, the Prince of Peace. And as I wrote that, it was um, on my heart, and I wrote it actually about 10 years ago. And uh, as it came out, I was learning about uh, Father Andrew Miller and Heart sync and his message was so similar to what God had put on my heart. I believe he took it further than me, and I just started studying under him and with him. He's become such a great mentor, but more than that, such a great friend. And so my book was relaunched journey into the divided heart. And I was so honored to have Andy uh, write two chapters and we've been ministry partners since then. I run his Michigan North uh, uh, sector of his ministry. We've got uh, anyone that requests heart sync ministry um, in our part of the country comes through us and we've just uh, formed a really amazing partnership.
0: Right. Could you give, like, a quick five-minute summary of HeartSync for our listener? I don't know if we have more than one, but hopefully we will.
1: (laughs) Sure. Absolutely. HeartSync um, is an inner healing ministry tool. It's been around um, for a decade or so and has drawn on the work of many others. If your listeners aren't familiar with what inner healing prayer is, Um, really a move maybe more around the 80s or or 90s, I believe the Holy Spirit started to move on people's hearts and show them that he wanted to heal the human heart just like he wants to heal the physical heart, the physical body. And so Father Miller brought a lot of these together when you study his work. He's built on the foundation of a lot of others that have had some great revelation. But I believe that it's one of our more powerful tools of inner healing, not only because of what he's built on, but what he does is bring um, a, a new understanding of how the human heart works and how it's divided into parts. It's it's the reason I got to know him and why our message is so similar was I was writing on the divided heart, which is a scripture out of Hosea that God describes His people as having a divided heart well Andy takes that Mm. another step forward and he breaks down the human heart or soul into parts uh, he that he calls core aspects and he divides that into three main areas of of our neurology and teaches this based on brain science so it's refreshing to hear a minister of the gospel also use some of the terms that we understand in medical science so he calls those core aspects our function which is our left side of our brain where we analyze and think and problem-solve he brings in the right side of our brain that he calls emotion because out of that side of our brain we process our passions, our dreams our emotions And we focus there on that being where our emotional pain is housed. And then the third core aspect, as he calls them, would come from our amygdala, which is our fight-or-flight center. And he calls that side of our mind our guardian. And where I write about defense mechanisms, he talks about how this part of our brain uses all of these defense mechanisms, um, our fight-and-flight mechanisms, And he wants to synchronize or connect each part of our mind, our soul, our strength, as God says, to love him with all our mind, soul, and strength to Jesus. So the uniqueness of HeartSync is that we want our left brain to be synchronized with him, Jesus, specifically, our right side of our brain, our guardian, amygdala side of our brain, all to be connected uniquely individually to him
0: and therefore getting in sync with each other by getting in sync with jesus
1: that's correct yes
0: yeah i, I love the picture he said i love it. Yeah. The, the way that it was described to me was it's, a, it's like doing evangelism to parts of yourself is right i love the i love the picture of evangelism there it's not about like hey you're messed up and you need to repent it's like hey let me get to know you. Let me He likes to like tell jokes to these parts during his sessions, it seems like, to kind of like literally build rapport and friendship with them. And he shows them well, in moments right. respect, patience, and compassion and says, you know, here, I see you're doing this job. This looks really hard, the job you're doing. Um, can I introduce right. you to my friend Jesus? And like maybe he can help make this job easier for you.
1: <laughs> isn't that great? I mean, we can, I've i, mean, I, I again, never heard evangelism described that well,
0: much less psychotherapy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and you look at the church, you know, where a lot of us have been doing left brain ministry. Christianity has become a, you know, just gaining knowledge, learning scripture, which is in and of itself great. But there's whole parts of us that don't know Jesus, haven't experienced, Experience Jesus, I believe why it's it's why so many are disillusioned with Christianity in the church is that they've met him maybe in their left brain as as he, you know they've heard about him, like Job, but there's other places in them, such as their emotions, such as their guardian, that haven't met him yet, and when they do, they, he comes alive, the kingdom, the scripture, comes alive to them. It becomes a lifestyle to them, and, and that's our great cause is to spread the gospel to every part, a core part of who we are.
0: Yeah, that was actually a key for my uh, personal transformation was realizing that I had sort of maxed out all the stereotypical markers of being a good Christian, but I realized it was actually due to emotional dissociation rather than genuine maturity. Mm-hmm. And my, uh, our existing system don't really distinguish well between the two. Like, am I not right. angry because I have surrendered my pain and fear to Jesus, or I've just stuffed my emotions away?
1: That's right.
0: And uh, there is a
1: well
0: there's a whole uh, now. What's interesting is that he mentioned you know his Episcopalian circle. Like 90% people tend to experience Jesus uh, in the left brain, but uh, right. I was noticing that in my among my charismatic friends it's sometimes uh, the other way around is that these deep emotional experiences of Jesus that don't necessarily translate into their thinking beliefs and behavior. <laughs> and so it's Very the, the, the flip side of it. And so I think what's interesting to me, and uh, I did some work on this, you know, uh, maybe 10 or so years ago about, uh, there was a movement that was going around called transformation. I think George Otis Jr. had a bunch of movies about, uh, transformation, and, and kind of, you know, it kind of seems like an obvious statement, well, gee, God should not just transform our hearts, but he should transform our, our lives and our communities. Um, but it was kind of a radical idea back then, as at least as a thing to talk about or preach about, uh, especially on the conservative side, the liberal side, of course, liberation theology has been talking about that uh, in, in different contexts. Um, yeah. But we talked a lot about how um, we really need to, or at least I look at it as, a, you know, uh, the, the the phrase in in, in um, Ecclesiastes about a cord of three strands is not quickly broken yep. and that we tend to have portions of Christianity that focus on like the head knowledge and parts <laughs> that focus on practical works and parts that focus on emotional experiences and they all tend to sort of cordially despise each other <laughs> because they have their own True. different status games for how they measure sincerity and maturity. And this is kind of the the, the, the really interesting question that I, I popped with you that I was hoping to spend some time on is, like, this model of what I would call intrapsychic reconciliation seems like it has very powerful implications for interpsychic reconciliation and even intercommunity reconciliation, because it feels like there's a lot of the same dynamics. And I'm not sure, you mentioned you've had some experience doing that with churches and other communities. And I was really curious about any anecdotes, however sanitized you might be able to share about that.
1: Absolutely. And I guess I'd just like to bring in that third part of the, of the brain, of our soul, that you're, we, you and I are talking about left brainers versus right brainers. This reconciliation, whether it's internal or external around us, has everything to do with that third part of the core aspect that Andy would call our guardian. You know, mm. my, my writings are on defense mechanisms. And if so, firstly, if you look at heartthink, Think, what Father Andrew would say is that it's our guardian, it's his job to separate emotion from function. So we have this sense that I can only function well and get done what I need to get done if I separate from my emotions. Disassociation becomes a part of that. He would call it desynchronization. We have others that operate almost fully from emotional and experiential, and um, our guardian is separating function from that. Emotional people don't really want to think very detailed or organized or things out. It's the guardian standing in between those two lobes of our brain. And it's our guardian that stands in between us and our fellow mankind. We've put up these walls. We've guarded our own heart in ways that are not submitted to the true Lord Jesus Christ. We become our own protector. And in doing so, it always feels safer to stay away from anyone that's not similar to us. And so mm. I believe that guardian and those defense mechanisms are key to both sides of what you're talking about, internal reconciliation and external.
0: Yeah, I love that picture because I think uh, there's an author, uh, Rick Joyner, I don't know if you've heard of him, He can, you know, the East Coast, North Carolina, Morningstar Ministries.
1: I graduated the... from his school of ministry. Yes, oh, I studied under okay, him. Okay, so you sure. know him.
0: Right, so one of his books I was reading talks about how you know, when unity comes, will not become, come because we are trying to get reconciled to each other, but because all of us are trying better to get reconciled to Jesus. Right. And so that picture of heart sync, of like, it's not about getting your left and your right side to agree to each other. It's helping them both connect to Jesus. And in that, That's right. then they'll come into sync with each other in a healthy way.
1: That's right. And that's the ministry we're doing in Heart Sync, That's the ministry we're doing at Renewal Counseling Center. That's the ministry that's going to reconcile our communities. It's coming into him that if we're all in him, one body, under one head, right, as we come into him, there is natural unity.
0: You know, when
1: I work with DID clients that have had 30 to 40 personalities there is no getting them to self identities yeah yeah that's right you know we used to call that multiple personalities we're calling that DID now in our DSM lingo but the one way i found for them to synchronize with each other is for each of them to come and sync with jesus as they do mm. they come into the same place and they naturally begin to agree with each other because they've become transformed by the renewing of their mind into the mind of Christ. Now, it's no different when I'm sitting with a marriage that it's very difficult to get someone to reckon that style with their spouse because they have whole different viewpoints of their world. They've got different traumas. They have guardian defense mechanisms against each other. But like a triangle, the closer we get up to the peak the closer we get to Christ, the closer those two naturally become with each other. Mm. And wouldn't it be great to see our communities do the same thing, starting with the church, because the Bible says that judgment starts in the house of the Lord. So if we, as all of our denominations, would have a revival of who Jesus is, the man Jesus, and we get closer to him, we can't help but reconcile with each other. Yeah.
0: That's powerful. Um I think there's an interesting Yeah. All right. Gotta go check on our puppy. We've got a nine nine week old puppy that's uh ch- oh, challenge. That's fun. Keep a yes sometimes. <laughs> sometimes.
1: sometimes always
0: fun sometimes my, my daughter says he's always fun but then she's not the one up at two o'clock in the morning when the puppy's eating the wrong thing so <laughs> yeah uh, but like everything else in life it's the you know the i mean you know and i assume you have kids steve
1: yes one. Oh, how old one son ryan he's 22 i can't believe that but He's a special needs kid, and he'll he's he'll always be a kid, to me at least. And uh, he's on the autistic spectrum, and that's just really given me such a heart for, you know, everyone with disabilities, and it's a big part of the work we do at my counseling center too. A yeah. Special guy. You know, I've
0: been, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about that. You know, my kids are are uh, sort of tween age and uh you know i think about how my relationship with them has formed their guardian and their function mm. and mm. uh you know the ongoing quest to figure out how do i uh make sure that their emotional selves are being nurtured and connected i said you're a tween well we're actually. teaching you're pre-tween okay. my te- daughter protests but she doesn't have issues cuz she's i get a teenager
1: <laughs> Well, I just want to encourage you, you know, this um, divided heart stuff in my book of defense mechanisms and this heart sync work, um, we're teaching kids this, teenagers, we're teaching young kids this, we're using this in, in, in play therapy with kids. They can grasp this concept if we put it in the right words and they can learn their emotion side. I'm sure you've seen that Pixar movie Inside Out, which was real popular. Oh yes. Three or, well, maybe more than three or four years ago, but these kids are grasping this, and they're learning about their emotional side of their brain and how we need to integrate and synchronize. Um, it's it's so powerful for all of our kids and teens to learn these same traits.
0: Right. I, I had this uh, hypothesis I should run by you, that. Yeah. Um, emotional spiritual and mental health are equivalent yes i mean they're not identical but they're
1: equivalent and we always go back to the scriptures so test your hypothesis by the scripture first can you think of i i agree with you and i've actually written about this but we can find these concepts in scripture Jesus is of the same mindset because he created us body, soul, and spirit. These three things address different parts of who we are. One of my favorites there First, First Thessalonians chapter 5. It talks about being sanctified body, soul, and spirit. And um, this is a lot what Andy's doing, what a lot of inner healing is doing we'll break that down into the soul is the mind the will and the emotions which is what we're working on but it's so so integrated with the spirit realm it's so integrated with the physical body that we know the hypothalamus is the bridge between our brain our emotions and our physical self and These are all looked at as one with God. The the body of Christ, the mental mental health field, the medical field, they've all compartmentalized as if they've disassociated from each other. But we know they're really all one, and you can't address one without the other.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, One of the things we talk a lot about in Silicon Valley where I live is the difference between modular and integrated systems. So think about the Windows PC was a classic modular system where one piece of the hardware, one people did the software. Mm-hmm. And then well the Mac and like the iPhone was very much an integrated system uh where people handle both pieces. And one of the things that happens in different eras is things get disaggregated and then reaggregated. And I think a lot mm-hmm. about how over the last several thousand years of civilization, before we were just tribes. We were a family. We were around our parents all the time and our an- and our grandparents unless we got married into a different tribe. Uh, But there was definitely a strong sense of family continuity for everything. And civilization, uh, I've come to realize, in order to do that, we had to break the sort of the monopoly of family on worship, on uh, power, on justice, on commerce. And it's been very fruitful in helping us live together in large societies, but at the price of being really fragmented in our individual lives. And what was extraordinary to me when COVID-19 hit is I suddenly had this extraordinary opportunity to reintegrate my life. I would actually spend all day at home with my family. Yeah. And yes, I would do some work here and there. But the primary experience was of the family, and the secondary experience was of church and school oh. and work. Uh-huh. And it yeah, was, it, for me, it worked really well. Um, I know for a lot of people it was uh, challenging, and some people were uh, downright traumatic, and I, I don't want to yeah. minimize that. And I also yeah. realized that, you know, in some ways certain things are easier, like it's much easier for their PE teacher to do an online zoom class and make my son work out than it is for me, because for me to do it has all the emotional baggage of being his dad. <laughs> and so <laughs> there is value in outsourcing these things. But uh-huh. there's also a huge price we've paid for civilization. And cool. so it does feel like this is an era. I mean, my friends, we call it the great reset. We're got to you know, mm. this is a chance to really like step back and say, okay, civilization, our spiritual ancestors, the, the Protestant and Catholic churches have given us a lot as has medicine and technology and science and all these things. But because we have this sort of reset button, we say, okay, let's stop back and think like the Amish. What kind of life do we actually want to have? And how do we reintegrate that? And I think what you said, and what you're saying from Father Andrew, I think is actually probably the really the, the core question If we take a step back and say, okay, let's not make the family preeminent, let's not make our jobs preeminent, let's not even make the economy or or the state preeminent. What if we actually wanted to make Jesus preeminent and reintegrate everything around him? What would our families look like? What would our churches look like? What would our businesses look like? What would our society look like?
1: That's right. You preach it, brother.
0: That's a great sermon right there. Yeah. Preaching is easy. The the hard part is building it. Uh, That's uh, what we're working on next week. Uh, But I think the key insight that I think I I really got from from HeartSync is that in order to reconcile the outside world, we have to start by reconciling the inside world. Otherwise, we will just... uh, call people to allegiance to the the fragments of christ that we are comfortable with that's right as opposed to all of us following all of christ
1: that's right so true you know the scripture says it um in matthew that you know the pharisees travel land and sea to make a convert and it says they make them twice the sons of the devil as they were before (laughs) <laughs> and that's a scary thought to us in ministry that we're duplicating ourselves both our strengths and our weaknesses both the truth we have and the untruths that we have so our our sermon to all of those that we work with in the mental health field whether they're a counselor or a pastor is do the work inside of yourself first you can't take anyone further than you've went yourself you might be able to talk about it, but you can't guide them through that. And this Heart Sync principle, I mean, I just, if anyone listens to this that would be interested in Heart Sync, they've got uh, a, a webpage, HeartSyncMinistries.org, um, my webpage, Divided Heart uh, You know, find some places and get your own healing. Many people will talk about healing. Some have heard of it. Some don't even know there's such a thing as inner healing. But until we experience it, we really can't even tell what does this feel like to be synchronized inside, to not have a divided heart inside. So many of my people, when they experience that for the first time, it's like the the sun shining for the first time. It's like a a cloud or a veil has been lifted but they haven't really known what peace is because this peace that passes all understanding is when my emotions are in christ my guardian defenses are in christ and my logical mind is all in christ there's a relaxing in the physical body there's a peace in our emotions and there's a shalom contentment in the spirit that it's what we were created to live in. I believe that's what heaven's going to be like, and we we can have a taste of that right here on Earth.
0: Yeah, I think what I found is that the best uh, indicator I have found is how much grace I have for other people. You know, especially mm. the people I love and I live with, is that right. the things that bother me uh, about their behavior that I that I view with frustration or irritation or impatience is usually the areas in myself where I'm experiencing fragmentation where God's grace <laughs> right. is not flowing to that part of myself. And oh, I wow. think that fundamental dynamic of, of when, when I feel distress, to not, uh, externalize it and blame other people for what they're doing and also not internalize it and blame myself. But I guess, um Amen. Um, redeem it, right? Is to bring that to Jesus. I mean, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing all the time anyway? Is bringing it to the cross, yes. all of our pain, yes. all of our frustration. Like you know, it's it's a it's a song, it's a cliche. And what I love about Heartsink is it's turning it into a practice.
1: That's right.
0: Is that is this, is this feels like one of those fundamental dynamics of the Christian life, of right. bringing our internal Fragments and our external, uh, you know, counterparts as well. Figuring out how to bring them to Jesus and to so right. maybe rebuild our um, our systems and our processes around. You know, this, uh, I have a, a mentor of mine again, in Greg Speck, who was my youth pastor, who was a youth pastor that I went on a missions trip with in 1983. Had a profound effect on mm-hmm. my life. And I reconnected with him after a few decades. Like once a decade, we we touch base. And I said, you know, what do you think is the thing that we really need? He goes, We need. What, like, what are you doing? Because he's still a youth pastor, you know, all mm. these years later, uh, mm. after trying different things. He says, What I live for is bringing people into a transformational encounter with Jesus Christ. Amen. And what I love about Heart thing is that I think it gives a template and, and, and sort of a sort of practices for how to do that. For yourself, uh, you know with other people, and you know one of the things I'm really curious about and kind of what I'm working on uh, with my friends in the great reset is how do we do this um, as a community you know it's it's I guess the Andrew principle, you know come and see jesus right, right. And, and and meet him for yourself, and do that to the parts to the orphans and the the neglected the, the yeah. parts of ourselves but also to our brothers and sisters in Christ who are uh, sadly often as much bondage as the people in the world, even though there, there's a part of them that does know Jesus,
1: but there's so much of them that doesn't. That's right. And, and you're so right. The, the practicality of, of heart sink is that of having an encounter with Jesus. So what we'll do in ministry is invite people to ask Jesus to come close to all of their core parts. So they might know of Jesus in their thinking, but we're also saying, could we ask Jesus to come closer to that place in you that holds all of your pain, that emotion place, your right brain that might be holding pain? Would it be okay if I invite Jesus to come closer to that place inside of you? There's encounters with Jesus every single time you know our guardian side which andy will say almost none of the 0% of the guardians that we meet first in ministry are synchronized with Jesus they don't operate that way because they never were trained so when we're defensive and when we're on angry and on guard um we would love people to have an encounter with Jesus from their guardian and we'll just simply ask people, would, would it be okay if we invite Jesus to come close to this place? Those are encounters at a, on a real practical level. That, that If we train them to just report what they see, hear, and sense, that there's not many times at all that Jesus doesn't walk right through that door and they have a profound experience with him.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. Maybe um, anything else about HeartSync or about your your business you'd like to share, or should we the place to start wrapping up?
1: Boy, we just love for people to to get to know HeartSync. We um, just to visit the website. Um, it has a full breakdown of these core aspects we call them, and the next step for them would be to attend an intro um to heart sync which is usually about a friday night and a saturday we've got a couple of hmm. those coming up in my ministry that they can find out about at com. and uh, are those like usually online now uh yeah are, yep.
0: are those public things or is there registration or what's the usual process for that
1: Yeah, we'll have a link there, usually through Eventbrite, where they can register. We really try to keep the cost down, and um, so to make it affordable, we're just trying to let everyone have a chance to come into this understanding of these core aspects of their heart. Um, But if anyone's interested in that, they can visit my website, and really the next part of the process is there's a full credentialing, if anyone is listening that would really like to use this ministry to help other people that there's a, a full process that they can become qualified through heart sink. Um, and that gives them a bit of trustworthiness with the others that they're praying with. So would love to have people learn and grow in, in giving heart ministry also.
0: Yeah. I've definitely been thinking about that after I took the, uh, the workshop. So I'll add those links to the show notes and um make sure people can can find you through that uh i think maybe just yeah. before the end i just want to invite you to pray because i feel like uh you yeah. Yeah, i guess in my, in my, my tribe they call it, you carry an anointing uh mm-hmm. both mm-hmm. around you know the the healing broken heart but also around entrepreneurship about trying mm-hmm. to take this mountain And, you know, my friends and Mm -hmm. I on the Great Reset, we are, you know, wrestling with some fairly large cosmic issues. And we're just a tiny bunch of broken people who are hungry to see Mm -hmm. Jesus do something new. And uh, I would really value your blessing.
1: Oh, I would be so honored to pray. And if there's any way that we here in Michigan, me or HeartSync can support you and your group there, please feel free to reach out to us. We do seminars, we do individual ministry. We just wanna equip. We we see this as a revival. And I believe it's a revival of repentance that's gonna lead us to um building, you know, taking these mountains back, building businesses that can have these concepts. You know, some of the businesses you're gonna get me on a soapbox here. I know we're trying to wrap <laughs> up, but the businesses we work with that can understand the thinking process. And these three core aspects, there's just such an ability to work together, a unity that comes out of that, that financially it's um, so beneficial. You know, we have businesses that ask us to come in and do little seminars. You can present a lot of this um, without Christ if needed, just to kind of plant some seeds. And um, so many of the rest will say, come and preach this just the way you want to. So we'd love to support you guys out there any way that we can.
0: All right. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Great. Well, let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you for everything happening here in Michigan, everything happening there in California and in the whole United States and the whole world. God, we do believe that you are at work always always working all things for good in our midst. And I just pray a blessing on my friend, on his friends, on their community, on their group, on their ministry. God, I just pray that you would just um, fan that flame that's already there. God, make it bigger, anoint it greater, bring your presence, God. I pray for every place inside of them. God, body, soul, and spirit, God, function, emotion, and guardian to have encounters with you like never before. And, Lord, I just come into agreement with them, this whole group, as they seek unity, not only individually inside, but on a community level. God, we say oh. yes to your move to bring us all into being one body, one bride for you, God. Do what only you can do, and to you be all the glory, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Steve. <laughs> I'm sure we will talk again soon. It seems like God is doing some really interesting things, and I'll send you the, the link to the show notes if you have anything else you want to edit or add. And, Thanks, uh, Ernie. It was God so good you. to be
1: with you. Thank you so much. You God time. bless you, too. Have a great day. You, too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Mm-hmm.